team up in a minute to share. Um, we're going to have some photos going in the background when that happens. But first, is there a couple of quick testimonies? A couple of quick ones. Is it a, is it a quick one? Really quick one? Quick one? We've got 14 Alice team members to get through that are going to share something. But I forgot my bell, Trish. Trish said to bring your bell if they go too long to ding them, but... When I was about 15, I fell down some in mum and dad's internal stairs on my tailbone. So That's last term, I injured it again, chasing Gavin in the dodgems on Friday night. <laughs> 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 on Thursday night at advance, I got the guys to pray for me and it's healed. They, look, there's a little niggle every now and then, but I'm not going when I sit down like this and I'm not going like that when I get Come up. On. So it's much, much better. Amen. Woo! Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Jesus worthy. Any other little one? Trisha's got a little one? It's short, but it's big. <laughs> um, my niece, when she had a COVID injection, ended up in hospital very, very, very ill. Doctors were said, like you, the trouble that she had with the heart from it was quite incredible. And she's been terrible ever since. She came up and we prayed with her. And yesterday... I saw her again for the first time for a little bit and she was full of life. Come on. And full of life and full of hope and she was bursting. Woo. And I just praise God for what he's done, what he's able to do because she was given a sentence that would affect her for the rest of her life. Come on. And now she's fine and able again. Woo. Awesome. Praise God. Isn't God good? Woo. And so I, I had a couple of... Uh, pretty awesome encounters in Brisbane. Um, I got to feed a homeless man on Wednesday night uh, in the centre of Brisbane, which was really cool. And he actually turned around and said, the Lord really led me to you to ask for food. Um, so that was pretty special. Uh, and then on the way home, I was at the airport. You know, I went to buy myself a bottle of water and the guy behind the counter talked me into buying two. <laughs> like an extra five cents I can get another <laughs> bottle and I was like well, I don't really need it but something just went yep do it and as I'm at the gate there's um, a lady sitting there and she was she looked quite upset about flying <laughs> um, and she really wanted some water and I handed her a bottle and said here like here's a bottle I don't need it <laughs> um, and she burst into tears um, so I just I don't know the whole time I was down there I could just feel the presence of God and it was it was awesome it was really awesome <laughs> oh, oh. and just just before I went into theatre they did my blood pressure and it was like 120 on 70 or something so I was cool as a cucumber so um, God really did give me his peace <laughs> <laughs> lucky last Dave Lane thank you little brother there you go Oh, that Liz did an awesome job. Okay, so you didn't miss me because you had Liz. Okay, there you go, Liz. Woo! And Danette, and Danette I heard, did a really yes. good community exactly. message, so there you go. Yes. Uh, I'd just like to tell you that uh, we've, um, at the Prayer and Healing Centre in, in uh, Gingin, the lady that first started it with 
asked us to come in with her and help her uh, do it, and she's now pulling out, and she's, she asked us, um, she was very concerned about the fact that um, it was going to limit the amount of finances was coming into the, into the prayer and healing centre, and the amazing thing was that about seven or eight years ago, we were having a home group out at our place, and we only had one couple come to our place for that home group, and eventually it just broke up. And, and that person was driving past that prayer and healing centre seven years, eight years later, you know, sort of thing. And the Lord said, I want you to tie it to the prayer and healing centre. And it completely replaced the f- extra finances that we needed for the rent. Come on. From him. Come on. It was absolutely unbelievable, you know. You don't know where the Lord is working. You don't know where who he's talking to. Yeah. You don't realise these things are happening. We weren't concerned. Kay and I weren't concerned. We knew the Lord was going to provide. And all of a sudden, the Lord provided. Thank you, Lord. Amen. That's a good encouragement. Okay, Alice team. I think people want to hear some things. I've just asked the Alice team this morning to share one thing that... One thing, short and sweet, that impacted them this morning over the Alice Spring trip. Because there is 14 of them. And there will be some photos behind there. Um, Some of them may look a bit washed out, but we will get there. So come on, Alice team. I want to just say as they come forward, I want to just say as they come forward, keep coming, you can come, that these, these men and women did a great job. They represented, most importantly, Jesus very well. They served, they gave, they got in the dirt. They, they, they all contributed. Everyone had a part to play. So they, you know, they not only served Jesus so well, but they represented you guys so well over there as well. So on the back of that, you know, we've got two teams going next year. So watch out. Okay. Everyone's shuffle down this way. Yep. She can't speak in front of the speaker, otherwise it'll go, woo! Looks like you're first, Jason. Over to you. you can- oh, good morning, everyone. Um, it was a really amazing yeah. trip. I, I had actually lived in Alice Springs before um, as a 26-year-old in the Air Force. So for me, going back there... It was a total different reality as a, a born-again Christian. So I was quite, uh, quite a selfish young man just doing my own thing. And, and now, this time, God had really done a work, get me back there 26 years later. And uh, there's a lot of amazing things that happened, but I'll just keep it to one little point, which was that um, there was a, a little boy called um, Samuel, uh, full of beans, wouldn't sit still at church and running around so we ended up just kicking the footy with him on the street in the front of the church for quite a while and uh, it was time for him to go to jump on the bus to go back to his community and I didn't expect it but at the end of it he just ran up to me and gave me a big hug and it just really touched my heart there was no words so it was a really beautiful moment Amen Yeah it was just such a blessing just from the moment we left Bundy, a friend of ours who lives in Alice, offered us his Pajero 
while we were up there, which we actually needed the extra car because it was a big team. We only fit 12 in the in the um, van. So it was a, definitely a God thing. And, um, and he offered us his um, Airbnb, which was pretty special on his land and um, very close to where we all were. Um, but what touched my heart was um, just the people. I just love the people. They're really deep. Um, there was many moments that... <laughs> it was just so many moments. But one of the ones that I found really special was being invited into the communities. And, um, yeah, it's yeah, just that... The honour to be invited in into their lives and into who they are and... Um, and they love prayer. They absolutely love prayer. And uh, Alice Springs is the most evangelised town in Australia. So you can go up to anyone and say, would you like prayer? Would you like prayer? S- and everybody like, oh, yeah, yep, yep, receive, receive. And um, very different to any other town I've been to. <laughs> so, yeah, it was just really special and we just felt really honoured. Thank you. Amen. It was good, different. <laughs> Despite what Tim says, I've got three points I'm going to make very quickly. The first highlight was out at the, the big water hole on whatever the creek is, Tim, you know, I don't know. Ellery Creek. Ellery Creek. And it's a place of absolute raw beauty. And it also had a demonstration of the power of God within there as the trees had been fallen over from the last flood. And it was there I was actually able to teach Tim something, so hallelujah. For the team itself, great. Uh, I'm really glad I went with the team, but I am so blessed to spend a room with Steve and with Peter. It was a great time, and I thoroughly enjoyed their company. Thank you, gentlemen. The other point is um, on Anzac Hill, where we uh, were able to touch the life of a young woman there, and who three days later was absolutely on fire for the Holy God. Thank you. Yeah. I've just got a couple of points as well. We were, first day we went into the uh, hospital there, Brooke and I, and um, we were told what to do and not what not to do really. And uh, there's this uh, Indigenous or Aboriginal, they like to be called Aboriginals actually, we're called, told to be call them Indigenous but they actually like to be called Aboriginal out there. Um, I suppose the politicians don't listen to what they want to be called but anyway. This bloke kept walking past me and he's quite angry. I said to Brooke, oh, I think we've got to talk to this bloke, you know, I didn't really want to, but I sensed the Lord wanted me to. So I spoke to him, and I said, uh, hello, you know, how's your day going? And he just started to open up about what he's going through, and um, he knew the gospel backwards, so we are able to just pray for a blessing over him and his family, and just ask the Lord to reveal himself to him. But I said, thank you for letting us come to your country, and he looked me in the eye, and he said, this isn't, this isn't our country, this is God's country. And he Woo! says... <laughs> So I was a bit taken back, to be honest. And just the last point is, they carry the anointing in a way that uh, I hadn't experienced before. There's a pastor out there, Pastor Douglas, who works in the camps throughout the week. And I got him to pray for the meal on Wednesday evening. And I don't know what he was praying because it wasn't in English. But the anointing just started to hit us. And we were hanging on to things and, yeah, just literally knock you to the floor. Uh, so it was just a blessing to spend so much time with them. They move in the spirit, they walk in the spirit. But what a blessed team and uh, is out there. They just serve, serve, serve. And uh, we've got it pretty easy here, to be honest. Um, so, yeah, let's just be thankful for that and I'll keep quiet now. Thank you. <laughs>
I guess I would say that on top of that, I spend most of the time laughing. <laughs> um, yeah, it took me an hour to chop a cucumber one day because we had an Aboriginal lady come in and kept going, fire! <laughs> so, but no, my ma main highlight would be um, Katie actually invited me to go to ICU with her in the hospital and I got to watch her and see how compassionate and loving she was and I got to share a testimony about, because the lady was having seizures, so I got to share my testimony of how our daughter was healed, which really encouraged that lady. So, Amen. Um, well, being part of the building team with Pete and Steve, we didn't get out and about that much. But when we did, it was um, absolutely fantastic. Um, Albert, the bus driver, goes around the community to pick up all the people to go to church. So we went to about, jumped on the bus with him. And that was Sunday morning and, and had a, a cook's tour of the area. I went to about four communities, pick up people, and uh, and it really it really touched my heart as to it seemed uh, those communities have no hope, but it's not true because um, Katie and Daniel and um, uh, Albert and uh, the team there they they're giving hope and. Um, it's just marvellous, the job they're doing. Just marvellous. Amen. And um, it was just a privilege to be there. It really was. And I saw what I thought was no hope in the people. Then I met a young guy. Uh, he's only 23, full of life, full of the Lord. And that re he really inspired me. He's such a... a um, wonderful young indigenous man and I prayed for him and encouraged him to um, to be the hope of his people and I, I believe he will be. I guess my highlight was a bit different to most other people's here. It was up on Anzac Hill where we went as a whole team and we were just all worshipping. Um, the team was sort of around like that. Tim was sitting on the seat because he had no strap for his guitar. But I was actually leaning against the rail here. So I was looking out and a lot of people go up there uh, for the sunset because you can see all of Alice Springs at that time. So there was a lot of people and I, I was just watching to see their reaction. And so many people came over to listen but pretended they were taking photos. And then they'd walk around and they'd pretend they were taking more photos. But what they were actually doing was listening to what we were singing. And then while we were singing, I happened to look over to the side and I saw this young lady there whose name was Veronica. And I just felt really drawn to her. She wasn't Aboriginal. She was actually from South Australia. I felt really drawn to her. So without even thinking about it, I walked over towards her, not knowing what I was even going to say. And I just said to her when I got there, I said, I just want you to know that God loves you. He's heard the cry of your heart. He's heard your prayer. And I found myself saying, and he's got a song for you. <laughs> and I can't sing. <laughs> 
and, and I knew instantly what the song was. So I called Megan over with the, she had the guitar by this time and I got her to sing a song that I knew that she had written herself. And as she was singing, this poor, this young lady, she wasn't poor, this young lady, tears were running down her face. Anyway, to cut a long story short, she came through to the Lord and then a couple of nights later we were going to one of the communities to have a bonfire and a barbecue and I was able to pray with her with Katie, the pastor's wife. Is she a pastor as well? I think she is, yeah. Uh, for baptism in the Holy Spirit. And some of the texts that I've had from this young lady, she says, oh, I'm so free, she said. I'm so full of joy. I don't know what, how to contain it. But anyway, God's good. Amen. Well, I basically went out to help Stephen and do the um, repair work on that little octagon house that we... Um, Steve rebuilt the front door and the side panels and Brian and I helped put up the steel in the roof line. But um, the best time I had, I went up to um, Anzac Hill twice. Uh, I'm ex-military and, and to go up there and see all the memorials for the, the guys that spent time away and was good for me and um, I just thank everyone for all this crew that went out you know that helped the Aboriginal people and helped our little church the three or four of us that um, worked in the little church or the little Octagon house uh, for um, it was just amazing and I think we did a reasonably good job on it thank you Um, so my highlight would have been uh, seeing my giftings come alive, I'd say. Um, yeah. So especially on the Sunday morning um, after church finished, they said that, you know, whoever wants prayer, come up the front and um, Bundy team and Alice team will pray for you. And I was like, oh, does that mean us? <laughs> <Like> <laughs> it freaked me out a little bit. Um, but I was like, okay. So I went up there and I was just like, Lord, who do you want me to pray for? And he would highlight this lady who was already getting prayed for by an indigenous lady, Millie. Um, so I just sort of went over and joined her praying. Um, but then Millie just left and I'm still there like, uh-oh, <laughs> I'm up. Um, but yeah, I was like, okay, God, what do you have for this lady? Because I didn't, that was the first time I'd met her. And um, I just waited on the Lord and then he just says, tell her to receive what I have for her. And I'm like, I think I had a battle in my head <laughs> before even saying it. I'm like, okay. Anyway, I just put my hand on her back and just said, God wants you to receive what he has for you. And just immediately she just goes, like this. And I'm like, oh, no, because <laughs> then I had to catch her. <laughs> but, yeah, she just went down in the Holy Spirit and it was just awesome just to see God move when he told me to move. And, yeah, 
so it was great. Good. So this was my first mission trip ever, um, and I didn't know what to really expect. So I sort of went there very humbly with, an, with a servant heart, and I just told myself that whatever I did, I would step out, and, and the Lord would be there in the gap, and he would, he would guide me along, along the way, and I would never be alone. So we, as Tom talked about earlier, that we went out to the hospital, and we prayed on the on the first outreach day we were there and um, the team there was Carrie, a lovely lady who works there and she said, okay, you, go, you guys over there, you guys over there, you guys over there, pray for these people here and I had the impression that she would stay with us at that time and then she's like, okay and off she goes. <laughs> so I, I haven't really prayed for people a lot, a lot and um, so she said, I'll just go up to them and, you know, say hello and, you know, and start talking to them and then ask them if they want prayer. And I didn't really have anything for them, but I just said to, to the Lord, I said, Lord, I, have, I don't know what to say here, Lord, but I said, I just put it on your heart. I said, if there's something I need to be said or something that needs to be done, I said, Lord, you, just, you give me the words and you show me what needs to be done and I'll, and I'll follow you. So, and this is, and, and it worked out fantastically. I prayed for probably 12 indigenous people on the day and they were very happy and then we had an encounters wherever we went throughout the hospitals from outside god just led people to us and it, w it was fantastic and you know and that was the start of the trip and it just went from there um you know god was there and and the holy spirit was there all along the way and we prayed for so many different people and impacted a lot of people i believe and i just wanted to say that the team there are just they're doing such a fantastic job and they really appreciated all yeah. the help that we did for them. Um, and, you know, there's times where you have to sort of step back and say, oh, this is not about me. This is about God and you're doing things for the glory of God. So you, you have to step back, you have to be humble and you have to say, Lord, you know, you know, things, what we no step out of your comfort zone and just go, Lord, lead me and this is for you. So mm -hmm. I just wanted to thank everyone for the opportunity. The team was great. Um, everyone, I believe, got something out of it. Everyone grew. I just saw everyone, you know, stepping out and, and being so humble and honourable. So I just want to thank everyone. And that's it. And I thought I was just going out there to do a bit of building work. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it was a really good trip. I actually made some friends, quite a few of them. <laughs> um, I really felt like I had a really healthy refreshing of the spirit and um yeah that was about it plus he did an amazing job on that building it I was, was just say, transformed those guys did an amazing job on that place that's yeah, good, so that's good. good okay from the moment i hit alice the first thing the lord showed me in the airport was this massive painting of a blazing fire and in it was a was a log but what i saw was a scroll and the Lord said, my word is a fire. And, we, and I was very conscious from that moment that we were bringing the fire of the word of God wherever we went. And um, for me, there were just, every time I had an encounter, God would drop in a song. So I found myself doing a lot of singing, <laughs> releasing songs and um, bringing a word through a song. 
Um, so he used me in that way. Um, the people, it was challenging and confronting, to be honest, to see um, the oppression, the sickness, the poverty. Um, it's really severe. Um, but they are hungry for hope. They are hungry for healing. They are hungry for the word of God. And probably the most beautiful experience I had was when we went out to the camp for worship on Sunday night. And the Lord had given me a word before I left about Jesus kissing our scars. And I had opportunity to release that word to the people and sing a song. And I could just feel in the spirit just the, the, the reverence that came over them and, and the way they sang holy, holy as they joined in and I, I just, um, it was beautiful. It was beautiful in amongst all of this, what looks to us just wreckage and, you know, brokenness. But in amongst it was this holy reverence of the Lord. So, yeah, that was me. Amen. Yeah, um, for me, like, um, you know, I've been, I've been around, but I've never seen a place like that in my whole life. And it was challenging, but uh, but the highlight of it for me was Saturday we had the opportunity to hit the streets and evangelise. And um, I tell you, just, you know, if you're led by God, he just shows you who, who to pray for. Anyway, he's just asking in the street, bang, you you need prayer, yes. So, you know, we had prayer group following and just went along and just everyone that you went to said yes, they wanted prayer. So the whole life for me was to be able to evangelise. Um, I enjoyed everything else, but nothing better than stepping out and asking people if they need prayer or even trying to bring them to salvation. Mm. But that was, that was me. Amen. So th there's just one more That's thing I want, well, Brooke and I decided to do but on behalf of the team. Um, while we're out there, Pastor Tim was a really great leader. Um, he looked after us the whole time. He led us to great experiences. Um, he sacrificed himself for the good of the group and in, in the way that um, he didn't have the same opportunities that we did every day. He was organising things, he was behind the scenes. So I just wanted to present him with something today just to say thank you. Oh. <laughs> yeah, 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 thank you. There's a story behind that. Man of God, I won't go there because it's embarrassing. Just give him a hand again, hey? Oh, my highlights. Oh, uh, highlight. Um, I had, well, yeah, well, I mean, th there's so many, isn't there? But the two things that stood out to me was on the Sunday. Hang on, you had three. <laughs> the first highlight for, was for the team was on the Sunday morning. There was a, 
Rain actually got a shot of it, that everyone, like we just opened up for prayer and all these people came forward and every single one of the team that stood up here today was praying for somebody. Now, I didn't pray for anybody. And I just stood back. I was on the guitar worshipping or whatever. Um, and I just saw everybody praying for people and I just, my heart just warmed. It was so good. For me, uh, personally, the whole uh, Anzac Hill thing was probably my highlight. There was a lot of going on from, the, from Veronica who gave her life to Jesus to warfare stuff to other stuff to worship. All, there was a lot of stuff going on. But when the Lord takes me to places, He, he always gives me a spiritual assignment. And um, so we had the water that we'd scooped here from the well that I poured out north, south, east and west. And then I felt just to declare some stuff. So I was off in my own little place just making some declarations and praying. And then I felt led to go to the, um, the, what you'd call it, the monument, the monument. And I looked at the monument, and this time last year I didn't see, I didn't really look at the monument, but I had a look at the monument. And there was a monument to a Reverend Griffith, for whatever reason. He was like a chaplain in the army or something, and whatever he'd done obviously was, 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 was great. But as I looked closely at the monument, not only was the army badge there, but the Freemasonry badge was there. And as I looked at that, I felt in my spirit to stand in the gap as a minister of the gospel in this nation and repent of allowing Freemasonry into the church of Jesus Christ. So I stood in the gap, prayed, declared some stuff, did what I had to do in the spirit till I felt released. When I do that kind of stuff, I feel release, and then I know that's to stop. But then this, uh, I think it was Tom, wasn't it? Was it you? Yeah, Tom. So I, I, I just walked away, and then Tom said, Tim, what's that mean? And there was this crow. There was this jumping from flagpole to flagpole to flagpole. It went from the, uh, from the uh, Aboriginal flag to the Northern Territory flag to the Australian flag. And I knew in my spirit, because crows can be symbolic of witchcraft, and I said, okay, now we're going to deal with witchcraft on the back of that, because they're not... They're not it, it, was just, it was just hopping from flagpole to flagpole. So anyway, I said, okay, so I grabbed five people or whatever it was, four people, and we just... And we held hands, and Stephen, I th no, someone told me, as soon as we touched hands, the, the crow just flew, just took off. See, unity, where there is unity, there is no place for witchcraft. When we come together as one, there is, there is no place. Witchcraft, divination, spirit of division, you know, manipulation, there is no place for that. So as soon as we touched hands, the crow flew off, but obviously we prayed, and we prayed into some stuff. So to me, that was a highlight. Because there's too much Freemasonry and there's too much witch, witchcraft in our nation and uh, we need to stand and not partner with that. Amen? So that was my highlight. So as we all do on uh, Sharing Sunday, we just have a little thought and um, um, I totally forgot to ask somebody because I was in some place called Alice Springs. Um, so I just asked the Lord for a verse of Scripture to finish with this morning, because it's good to have Scripture. Amen? The Word of God is living and active. It's sharper than a double-edged sword. You know, all Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for correcting, teaching, training in righteousness, that the man of God will be thoroughly equipped for every good work. And so I asked the Lord for a, for a verse, and He led me to John uh, chapter 18, verse 36, and He says this, "'My kingdom is not of this world.'" 
Jesus said, if my kingdom were of this world, my servants would be now fighting so that I wouldn't be handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not of this world. We're just wearing a bit of a theme at the moment about the kingdom of God, aren't we? Understanding what the kingdom of God is, because it's so easy to speak kingdom, but we actually do not have an understanding of what it is. And the more I'm studying, I'm kind of only just like two or three weeks ahead as I'm spending time in the Word of God, the more I realize that if we truly get a revelation of the kingdom of heaven, if we truly get a revelation that we have been born again from above of the Spirit, and if we understand you know, everything that we have in the kingdom of God, the church in Australia will be transformed. The people of God will be transformed. So when we are born again from above, in John 3.3, Jesus said, unless you are born again from above, you cannot see the kingdom of heaven. When we are born again from that moment, we are no longer in the world. If we're truly born again, we're no longer in the world, of the world. We're no longer of it. We're born again. We're born again into the kingdom of heaven. Amen? We're not of the world anymore. But we're still in the world. And so God is working in us that no longer would we partner with the world. So we're no longer of the world. We no longer live as the world lives. We no longer talk as the world talks. We no longer do as the world does. But all of a sudden we're living according to the kingdom of heaven. Amen? So we are in the world. And the more we live from heaven to earth, the more influence we are going to have with the people around us. The joy, the hope, the peace, the healing, the salvation, the fire, all this stuff, the wisdom, the truth, the peace, the more we live from heaven to earth, the more influence we're going to have. And we don't have to do much, we just have to be. Because that's what Jesus did. He demonstrated the kingdom. And as he demonstrated the kingdom, people start asking him questions. You know, the best thing that we can do is to demonstrate the kingdom of God because then people will start asking us questions. Because remember, as I finished with last time, a couple of weeks ago, the verse in Colossians, it says, He has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and he has transferred us into the kingdom of his son whom he loves. He's rescued you from the kingdom of darkness and he's transferred you into the kingdom of his son whom he loves. And we are caught up in that place in the beloved. And remember the demonstration. Hands up who wasn't here two weeks ago. You probably can't remember. Remember the demonstration. Stephen Julie stood up representing the father and the son. And I put Carolee in the middle of them. And as... As the father and the son embraced each other, she was caught in the middle. That is, that is our position. We are caught up in the beloved. We've been rescued from darkness and we've been transferred into the kingdom of his son whom he loves. We're under a different government. The government of Australia, and I think we have to realise this. Because, yes, we pray at election time. And, in fact, Scripture says that we should be praying for everyone who is in governmental positions. Amen? But, we, but the government is not going to save us. The government is actually not going to turn this nation around. 
It is the people of God when we actually start to understand that we've been born again and we're part of the kingdom of heaven that we will start to understand we will, we will be the people that turn the nation around. Jesus in us and Jesus through us. Last Sunday when I was preaching at Alice Springs, I was talking about that, that we are the branches of the Lord for the display of His splendor. It's not the branch that is the, the display of His splendor. It is what is on the branch. Is that not true? Well, you know, coming from Tasmania, one of the beautiful times of the year is autumn, where all the leaves change color and they fall upon the ground. There is a display of His splendor in the beauty that is in the leaves. Now, we talk about the river of life in Revelation 22, and we know that, you know, final that is to come. But there is a principle that the river of life is flowing, and the, and the leaves of the trees are for the healing of the nations. You have a role to play in the healing of the nations. You're the leaves for the display of His splendor. And we are called to be the leaves for the healing of the nation in this time. The government's not going to do it. The church has to do it. And the government, Jesus said, will be upon his shoulders. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of nations. So good, isn't it? There are different principles to live by. Paul puts it this way to the church in Rome. He said, be transformed by the renewing of your minds. You know, as we further walk with Jesus, we walk and we go, oh, hang on a minute. That's not of the Spirit. That's of the world. And we, don't know, and we no longer walk as the way the world does, but we start to walk according to the patterns of heaven. And I would encourage us all, because God is wanting to do that in all of us more and more and more. Amen? That we wouldn't walk according to the ways of the world, but we would walk according to the ways of heaven. The way that we speak, the way that we act, the way that we relate, the things that we do is all a part of it. Amen? And we should have a confidence because we are part of the kingdom that cannot be shaken. You know, and I think we're going to see a demonstration of that in the coming years. As things are shaken around us, we do not need to fear because God is everything that we need. And as I said a couple of weeks ago, if He fed the Israelites in the wilderness fresh manna every day, He can look after us. He can miraculously put food on our table. He can do whatever is needed. He is our shield, our defender, our fortress. He is the one. Amen? So we serve a king and his name is Jesus. But he's a king, as Bruce reminded us before, that has given everything for us. He loves us. He graces us. He gives us of himself. He provides and he's looking for a people who will be his kingdom people in this hour in our nation. Amen? I want to just finish, because I finished a couple of weeks ago, and I just felt the Lord said to go back there today. The musicians, I want to come forward. Because I also spoke about this briefly in Alice, because the more I study the Psalm, Psalm 23, it is the Psalm of the Kingdom. There are so many Kingdom principles in Psalm 23. It's not just a psalm that we, that, that we should read when someone passes. And, you know, because people often say, the Lord is my shepherd. 
It's a psalm of the kingdom. There's a, there's a reality of the kingdom in Psalm 23 because it says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. You're not going to want. He is your shepherd. I have what I need. I shall not want. Every provision I need, everything I need for life and godliness, He has for me. I shall not want. I will not be in need. He lets me lie down in green pastures. You know, one of the things that encouraged me, because I flew out last year to Alice, is there is a lot more green in our nation than there was 12 months ago. And in fact, even around Alice, there's water where there wasn't water 12 months ago. It's still dry and it's still dusty. It's one of the driest places on the earth. But there is so much more green. But the Lord says that he will... That, that we will lie down in green pastures and he leads us beside quiet waters. We don't have to fear. Because he will always provide, he will always feed. He will always refresh us. The Lord refreshes our soul. He renews my life and he leads me along the right paths for his namesake. You know, isn't that a prayer to pray? Lord, lead us along your paths. Your paths. I want to be led along your paths to my feet. I don't want to stray to the left or to the right. I want to be led along your paths. Even when I go through the darkest valley. You know, people have been through dark times. Yep. Been through dark times. You do not need to fear. You do not need to be afraid. I fear no danger for you are with me. That's why it's good to go back through the footprints. You know, that footprints thing every now and then to realize that when we think Jesus is not there, he's actually the one that's carrying us. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. I think about the principle of the Jewish boys who would encounter God and they'd put a notch in their staff for every time they saw God do something. That's why it was at Jacob. He was able to lean on his staff in his last day and worship. He was reminded of everything that he'd seen God do in his life. He did not have to fear. And with his last breaths, he worshipped. Isn't that beautiful? You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil my cup overflows. That is the kingdom of God. There's no lack. There's abundance. We just need to get into the reality of this. Because surely goodness and love and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Surely. There is a confidence. It's not, Lord, I hope that your goodness, love and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. It is, I am confident that the goodness of God, the mercy of God, and the love of God will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Jesus' word to us today is, my kingdom is not of this world. We need to more and more understand this, because the more we understand it, the more we will stand out as light in the darkness. You are anointed to go into your sphere of influence. Your workplace, your family, your community, different places, you are anointed to go and be a person of influence for His glory. Amen?
So the, one of the favourite songs, Joni, have you... Amen. Thanks, Joni. Yeah. That's like actually, you reminded me. Thank you to Tanya. I know, Guy, there were so many people that were praying, whether at home or at the hub some mornings or whatever, for all of us, and we really, really appreciated that. So thank you. One of the songs that was seemed to be the theme of the, the, theme, the theme of the time in Alice was Fresh Fire. And, you know, it, it's actually a prayer for us, isn't it? Lord, give me a fresh fire. Let's go with that one. Oh. 